Hey, 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 hey. hey. Welcome to Going Off Track. Don't dream it's over. We're all here except Benny. <laughs> <laughs> what? Poor I mean, that's pretty Benny. good. That is pretty Three good. out of four is pretty good no, for us. nice. Yeah. It never happens. And Steven is here. Yeah, man. Stefan. Stephen Grywalski. No, Stefan. 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 You know... <laughs> yeah. It's just going to happen. We're just going to get into the English language. We, 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 let, we, we, we can't do this again. Let it lie. We can't, we can't. Let it lie. Um, so, yeah. Uh, today on the podcast, very, very exciting guest. Um, Jenna Von Oy. You may know her as Six on Blossom. Uh I met her through Vanessa, who is obsessed with Blossom. They became friends. We did a, a live event with Jenna last year called Series Finale, where we had uh, her, uh, we had Laura Stevenson play the theme song to Blossom, and then we did a panel with Je- we showed, and we screened the final episode, which was surprisingly hard to find. <laughs> and then we did uh, a panel with Jenna and me and Vanessa and Kyle Mooney, and it was super fun. And we hung out with Jenna. She's great, and she was back in town promoting her parenting book. With an amazing pun title, Situation Momedy. Love it. And uh, yeah, Jenna is basically like a mom blogger. And uh, we talked to her about Blossom and all that stuff and also a lot of parenting stuff. So if you have kids, this will be interesting. I don't I'm bummed have ki- I wasn't here from this. Steven's bummed he wasn't here. I, I, I often think about doing a dad blog, but then I'm like, why, why promote the failure? You No, you should. <laughs> and hey, shout out to our friend Patrick's dad blog. Patrick from Limbeck, Pat Carey. Oh, yeah. Getting rad with dad. Check it out. Um, it's finding the right dad pun. That's what I, I've been Getting rad with dad is, you know, it's yeah. silly enough that you'll remember it. There's one that it's I heard about. almost annoying, but There's not quite. One I heard about is Wanted Dad or Alive. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like getting rad with dad. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, I, I've thought about it so many times. Then I start writing, and I'm like, "Nah, if I write that, they're going to call Child Protective Services, and they're going to show up at the house." It's comedy, yeah. dude. I know. It's fake news. I learned what um, co-sleeping is. There's a name for it. Yeah, yeah. I learned all this stuff about kids that I didn't know what it was. <laughs> What's co-sleeping? Didn't know. I think it's when you sleep in a bed with your kids. Yeah, yeah. When you have the co-sleeper next to them that they can just roll them into. It's oh. like a little ejection bed that, like, have you, after they've finished oh, nursing, not you just this, roll the kid out off you into It's this not thing. them sleeping in the same bed as it you. Is, I think it is, too. I don't have know. You ever but they ro- make things called co-sleepers that make it a lot easier. Have you ever slept in a bed with your kid and then rolled over on and top of them? crushed them and, and, and killed them? <laughs> not, yes. not, not, not I don't kill. like to talk about it, Jonah, because it's very tragic. Brad used to have three children. <laughs> can't believe it you're was, laughing. It was rough. It actually happened to people. No, God. I mean, dude, you just you took it somewhere. Fiend. No, dude, you took it. You took Brad, it is the TV anchored in your home? <laughs> dude, you took it somewhere so dark. I was literally just like kidding around. Is the TV anchored in your home? It was, and I just unanchored it because I'm sick of these fucking kids, okay? <laughs> I want to oh go God. see a movie, for God's sake. I didn't get to go see Spider Man either. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, do, can we keep this intro? It sounds, yes, it sounds like yes. I'm laughing at like kids dying or something. No, I feel like perfect. really weird about this. This is the best you know, intro listen, for Jonah, a mom blogger. If you blogger. can't laugh at kids dying, what can you laugh at, really? I feel like I got really <laughs> framed here. I was just trying to make like a lighthearted comment. You were and, trying to say, do you... Now, here's the, here's the thing. So, you're not supposed... To, they, they say, you can do whatever the fuck you want. But uh, out of sheer laziness, when... Because uh, I have twins. When the girls were infants it was just easier just to fall asleep after you fed them okay and and we did not breastfeed 
don't send me your hate mail. It's like fucking Capulets and Montagues with breastfeeding. It annoys the fuck out of me. Talk about your own boobs. Um, and I mean that nice. Hey, put it on the put it on the blog, okay, Steve. Put on the blog. Put it on the blog. <laughs> and just your placenta. Do whatever Save you for the feel blog. you Save need for the blog. to do. Whatever you feel if, you need to do. If feel I come for up it. with a name for you, will you do will you do the blog? No. A good name, a funny name. If you if you make the website, I'll do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Steven's but, untitled Rockabye Baby Show. Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's a throwback. I, li- I like it now that, that, that it's like like on the lower end of obscurity. It's me. He said, oh, and he had a show 10 years ago on television. Hey. One of my nieces just said, who's, one of my nieces who's this huge fan of Panic at the Disco, the later records. I was talking about the earlier ones. She's like, yeah, I don't really listen to those. I was like, and this is where we are in the world. And she's like, I looked for an interview and it was, it was you. And I went, yes. They were 18. Oh my god! Right, we got to get to this episode. Yeah. For real. Um, thanks. Yeah, let's check out this interview with Jenna Vanoy, who knows a lot about parenting and is awesome. It's going on Sneak up on the guest. Yes, uh, Jenna. That's always fun for me. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> Last time I saw you was at our live event at the Bell House, and your sister was wearing my hat from Blossom. Yes, Jenna brought. The blossom hat, yeah, the hat, the hat, the hat. I mean, there were many. There, this right. was, but this was one of the hats. Yeah, and you gave her a doll of yourself. I did because everybody should have a a scary doll of me. <laughs> and Laura Stevenson played the theme song, which was amazing. She did. Yes, yes. it was so good. She, did, she made it sound so sad. She's but killing. amazing. It really, it's a, yeah, it sounded what very a, sad. I didn't. I'd never really know. thought about the words to that song until she played it. It was really kind of kind of dark. Wait, what, what, give me like a snippet. It's, what, what's like a? Uh, you know better than it's, I don't know the song. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've made it a point not to know the song. Yeah, yeah. Stephen, you know it. I just let no. other people sing it. Yeah, Stephen, you know the Blossom. I kind of know. I know the Fresh Prince song better than I know yeah. the Blossom song. But that's, that's but that's an easy one. I mean, I think everybody not knows anyone, that. But right, I could bust. Bust some fresh and you were That's hanging with my sister and Carlton the other night. <laughs> was yeah, we did not do the Carlton dance. You'll yeah. be sad to know. That must be so annoying. You hung out with Alfonso. Yeah. Yes. So I was on the Today Show the other morning, and it happens that one of my best friends, like my childhood best friends, Dule, was also on the Today Show that day, and Alfonso was interviewing him. And of course, Alfonso and I have known each other for a really long time too. And so we were like, "Well, this just is too easy. We have to all go hang out tonight." And so I, no. we did. And I had a question about that. I yeah. know, like, like being on Blossom, like, is it like being in bands where, like, you were friends with, like, because it seems like you were, I know you posted a photo of someone from, like, Full House. Yeah. Like, if, were you, like, kind of friends with other actresses? Like, is that, like, in the scene or whatever, or not really? No, I, th- I think, um, especially back in the 90s, a lot of us filmed on the same studio lots. I think things mm. are a lot more spread out now, but, but really it was pretty concentrated back then. And so on our same lot was Married with Children, Who's the Boss, Saved by the Bell. It, it, the wow. list goes on and on. The Golden Girls for a little while. Yes, I'm old enough that I was on a show at the same time as the Golden Girls. <laughs> where, where was Love the lot? That. Where, where um, we- it was called, it's called Sunset Gower Studios. It's on, um, well, Sunset and Gower. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and so, so many people, people we met so many people just because of that or like nbc would do these massive press tours and mm. you know i'd be standing there talking to george clooney back when he was on sisters like that actually did happen which oh, was yeah, pretty he cool. was on roseanne too wasn't he He was clooney had a little roseanne yes love that he was so handsome in the, 
Yes. I mean, he's still pretty. He's still <laughs> I, I really don't think George Clooney ever had an awkward face. That's my guess. He's aging really well. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely the... Is that money? Like, if George Clooney wasn't rich, would he be this handsome later in life? Or, or, is, <laughs> or is he, you know, is he getting... Like Something. stuff we don't even know exists. Probably. I mean, we're talking. I'm not talking like. Oh, I'm, it's like I'm going all those dollar bills in his like, pocket make yeah. him prettier. Like that. There's something through osmosis that comes from. Like the more dollar bills you have in your pocket, the the more pretty that gets absorbed in your. There's some rich, ugly people out there. I, I was sure. gonna say if you were, if you were to turn on the news and watch any any show that has anything with politics, like I don't think yeah. a Coke lot brother, of ugly rich a Coke brother is not looking so hot. I feel like it's more like Clooney like because he's out of the range that i can even understand so you know a, a rich person i can understand is like oh i have a thousand dollars i'm going for a face mask and this and this today and i'm yeah, like I don't, okay i don't see that a, clooney does any of that kind of stuff like he seems like he's just sort of innately dapper yeah. you know there's just something very enigmatic he's about him that's jeans. very yes exactly he's just cool he is he makes me feel uncool do you know, do you want me to tell you a really cool Clooney story that make you feel like he's even cooler? So what if I said mine, no? <laughs> just, I mean, I'm going to say it anyway. I have one too, so I want to hear yours okay. and I'll tell mine. Yeah. friend of mine who has a bar on Avenue A, um, Clooney came in like it was with a, with a posse. And it was probably like, it was early. It was like nine o'clock or something. And they the only seats were like right at the front literally in the window and he had no problem with it he hung out with his posse he did shots all night and like of course my friend who owned the bar was just ecstatic that he would literally be on display in the window and classic move like he said he did the first two shots and then Boom. Over the shoulder. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like into the planter behind him. <laughs> I love that. I That's love great. It. That's how you stay cool. What's your clue? My clue story is that I, so I went to this um, crazy Planet Hollywood opening in, I want to say it was San Antonio, Texas, many, many, many years ago during an NBA All-Star game. We were all in town for the All-Star game. And so they were opening this Planet Hollywood and they invited everybody that was, all the basketball players, all the, whoever was there for the All-Star game, they gave an invitation to. And so I'm upstairs kind of in awe because I was probably 14 or 15 at the time in awe of the people that are surrounding me. Sure. Like Charles Barkley was like, yo, what's up? You know, <laughs> I mean, like, I, it was crazy. It was a dream world. And, um, and all of a sudden I see George Clooney and, and you know, my jaw flops on the floor, like a hooked bass. And <laughs> he, uh, he goes, Jenna and he comes and I'm like looking behind me like clearly <laughs> there's some bitch with my name behind me somewhere. And, um, and he comes over and he picks me up and he twirls me around and he looks at me and he sees this shocked expression on my face and he's like, you don't remember me at all, do you? And I'm like, well, Mr. Clooney, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember you. I just watched you in this movie last week. And um, and he was like, no, but we, we hung out at the NBC press tour when I was on Sisters and you were on Block. Okay, well, clearly you don't remember because you, you know, I'm this old man and I'm like, no, there's nothing old man about you, my friend. And he was like, but hey, do me this, do me this big favor. And I said, sure. And he goes, next time. Call me George. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. That's I mean, that's just. That's yeah. Big time George Clooney a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of awesome. That is it cool. Is that probably awesome. doesn't happen a lot. Like, no, was, there's. I hold that story very near and I think it's like you and Brad Pitt <laughs> are like the only ones. It's impressive. Who I've never met. So that, I don't have a good uh, Brad Pitt story, but. Him, yeah. I, I think I would just fall down. If yeah. I met, if I met like, <laughs> I mean, we're talking handsome with Clooney. If I met like. 
Pitt or Gosling. The one of those two, I don't know if I'd be able to handle this. Brad Pitt doesn't do it for me. I just don't, I don't know why. I just don't, it's, he's never, it's just Not never been thing. a thing for me. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. Some people do. I've, I've met, you know? I met Gosling once. You did? I did. How did that go? Was it shocking? Was he charming? He was so charming. Oh. It was at an SNL after party and Vanessa had done that, that Christmas thing with him. Do you remember, did you see that? Yeah. That like real like natural born killers. Like, oh, like I didn't see that. Oh dude, it's incredible okay. but it was like they had like like a lot of dancing to get close dancing scenes and he was just like your sister's awesome i love her like oh, it was very kind man very nice very nice like if he asked me i'm a, i'm married i have a kid and if gosling just randomly asked me to sleep with him i'd have to say yes yeah. he's on your list yeah yeah i'm not yeah. even i'm not even gay at all but I, yeah, I would. Well, now that yeah. you put it out there, Benny, you know it could happen. <clears throat> he might ask. You, know? you never know. You're, Listen, I think I'd get a, catch, a pass. Dude. I think I'd get a pass. I mean, <laughs> Jenny, you were on you were on a show with Joey Lawrence for a long time. He was, was. also, you know, pretty big sex symbol. I was, yeah, I was madly in love with him when yeah. I worked with him. Yeah, was he cool? <laughs> sure was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he thought of me as a little sister, which I was pretty bummed about at the time. (laughs) But, yeah. I mean, you know, he had some pretty hot girls fawning over him and throwing underwear from the audience and things like that. So I was kind of chopped liver. But that's that's totally all right. Wait, during the taping of the show? Yeah, these these girls were... And that's the cool thing about the 90s, too, is, you know, you'd have live audience and i know some shows still do live audience but it was it was just different back then and and um yeah he, they would like pitch condoms and underwear and um, condoms they were wrapped i hope the condoms were wrapped the underwear i can't speak to as to whether or not they were clean and i don't think i want to but, but yeah i mean there were like there were like piles of yeah. lingerie How's that uh, work? on the stage i'll never know we've do we've... people bring side sets or are they really pulling them off there? Because it I don't, seems I don't, hard. Honestly, I don't want to know that. Are I you just, telling I just, me you've really you've never had anything at the stage? I mean, this is the reason the question's posed. Because Dude. there has been underwear. Th- not at me. <laughs> you know, like, certainly not. But yeah, and I you do. You don't know. They, probably, they might have great aim. They might be shooting for you. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> um, <laughs> drums, he's in the back. But, okay, thank you But you know what I do? Every time I get about a half dozen of them, I just form like a cool like stick and bindle with yeah, it and yeah. I bring all my stuff around Smart. with it. Yeah, just to be like, yo, these are all the, the panties I collected from the adoring <laughs> women who throw their ones But I did drummers. see your point that it how, how does it come off if you're not? Because I mean, girls if you're, don't wear skirts to punk yeah, exactly. rock shows. If I mean, that's wearing, a lot of forethought to pack yeah, panties yeah. in your bag, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you I have, have to, to know like, hey, I'm going to see Joey Lawrence and I'm going to be so nuts as to like pitch some underwear so yeah. I should bring an extra pair just in case just and maybe case. even like two extra pairs in case you like miss the toss <laughs> right. the first time right. you know you need a perfect throw right like oops I hit Ted Wass instead <laughs> I should take the next pair off <laughs> and try for Joey you might be able to actually when you were talking about how small um, the world was in the studio and you guys all filmed in the same place you might be able to shine some light on something for me okay one of the first times I, <laughs> I, I spent I a lot of time out in LA recording a record and I got put up in the Oakwood apartment. I also, did, yeah, I I also totally lived stayed in the Oakwoods. Oakwoods. I'm Barham and Coenga. Yes, yeah. me too. Yes, that's, me too. Like, that's, where I, that's where so, I stayed when I filmed the first season okay, of Blossom. So this Crazy. is what it, yeah. it fits right into it because I remember being out there and I'm loving it. I'm like, you can buy weed. The sun's out every day. Like California is amazing. And then within <laughs> like the first week... I'm like, there is like hordes of really beautiful adult acting children in this place that seem to be on their own. 
Like, I didn't see parents, and there was really? just these, like... I did not like, experience 13-year-olds, like, just basically running. The bur- I, like, I would go... I'd be like, I'm going to be fit. I'm in California. The sun's out. I'm going to try not to be a fat shit here. So I'd go to the gym in the morning, and there's, like, 12-year-old girl on, like, with, like, a headset on, like, a, you know, running <laughs> machine, just, like... Gangster already, because because they're, they're working. You know. I mean, I will say the Oakwood Apartments are their sort of their own little world, right? It is, they're, the, right? they're the mecca for child actors right. who live elsewhere. And first, when you first come to LA, that's so just it, inevitably it, where you end up. So but. the vibe for you wasn't like because I got the idea that it was a little bit like like kid actor like summer camp there, where like they were I can just, totally see that. But everybody who lived there when I lived there were there with their parents. Okay, I can vouch for that. Right. Um. I was. I can vouch for that. <laughs> the rest of it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't right. know what happened later. I don't know. The world is very different now than it was in the 90s. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> Who true. knows what the hell's happening out there? <laughs> I went to 90s cool. They really God, were. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going into that place. Neon slouch socks and shit. <laughs> there was a Neon. very cool British guy who was checking people in and getting people settled. And I basically made a comment to him. Which was like, oh, what's it like take, like, what would you have to do to basically get kicked out of here? And he kind of just chuckled at me. And just like by the looks of me, he's like, son, you can't get kicked out of the Oakwoods. <laughs> he's like, Motorhead has half a building, like, over there right now recording a record. There's nothing you could do that would get you kicked out. I'm like, cool. And, uh, so funny. Yeah, I think at the Oakwoods, it became a really popular place because they, they you don't have to rent month to month. You can right. rent, like, week to week or something. So, yeah. um it's kind of like the motel of Yeah, I was apartments. there for college. I did like a semester of school and they put us all up there. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So I guess, I mean, to tell people who don't know, it's it's what, just this sort of massive, like... Well, it's an apartment complex, but you can also, like, get a rental with... Like, Complete furnished. with pans and yeah. pots and couches and yeah. things of that nature. So if you're coming from, like, I was coming from Connecticut. Right. So, which is where I was, where I grew up. So... Um, yeah, we had, I mean, we traveled with absolutely nothing but the, but our clothes. And so they, we were able to stay there and have all of the amenities. What kind of decision was that like for, like, for when you got cast on the show and the decision to go out there and your parents going with you and all that? God bless my parents. I mean, I I don't know how they managed to get through this all, but, um, so, you know, I started acting when I was about six years old here in New York and, um, I just I did a lot of work back here and, and I auditioned for the show here and and I we I think we kind of jokingly said one day what's going to happen if I get the show and my mom was like oh we'll cross that bridge when we come to it <laughs> and lo and behold we crossed that bridge wow. um, yeah and they, they were just my dad stayed back on the east coast with my middle brother and sister and my littlest brother was too young he was like two at the time and so he was too young to leave back here and so my mom and and he and I went to. LA and we just went back and forth as often as possible on hiatus weeks to see the family and um yeah, I mean they they were just really supportive which is it amazes me now in retrospect especially being the mom of two young kids like how they managed to sure work all of that is well d- so me. dad had to become Mr. Mom kind of I guess yes huh? he did he had to make the meals and Whatever. Well, he makes the meals anyway. So my dad's okay. my dad's an amazing chef. So that, that part, it was it was actually worse on my end because my mom can barely make toast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we were like cereal eating fools. But um, yeah, so they they had it good on the food front. So did you have like a tutor or something? Yeah, I had a tutor. I followed the curriculum from my school in Connecticut, and okay. I had tutors on the set. Gotcha. Yep. 
And I, I did notice, like, I know it's maybe an odd thing to bring up, but you're from Newton, Connecticut? Newtown, mm-hmm. Yeah, so were you, was your family still there? Like, wh- My family is still there, yeah. And, and My parents during the, the Sandy Hook shooting and stuff like that? Was, yeah, was they, were, they were there during that time. Was there personal connection to that? I do, yeah. Um, some friends of mine from high school lost their daughter, and it's been, Jesus. Uh, yeah, um, it was a really, you know, you don't move beyond something that's that tragic. Yeah. Um, you, I think the only thing you can really do is kind of find a way to make peace with the grief that you have. And, sure. you know, and I think that's true for everybody that whether they were involved in it or not, because even just growing up in the town and having such close ties to it, I, you know, that's where my husband and I got married. That's where uh, we've baptized both of our daughters. We go back all the time. I was just there three days ago, um, you know, Newtown is very near and dear to us. And so just even being away from the town during all of that and and the aftermath of it it is just um, sort of really long and arduous grieving process for everybody. But no, you know, I, I can't even imagine what my friends have gone through. It's insane. You know, really insane. Yeah. How did you sort of get into writing about situation mommy and all the sort of parenting stuff? I was, um, when I was pregnant with my older daughter, Gray, who's going to be five at the end of May, um, People Magazine actually asked me if I would write a blog for them on their people.com babies site. And <clears throat> I was like, nobody wants to hear me talk about motherhood. I'm not even there yet. Like, I have a baby in my belly. What does that give What, like, right does that give me? Um, but really, I found such catharsis in writing about it and just making myself and everybody else laugh over it. Uh, and and it really kind of took off and I discovered how much I liked it. And, and then um, my husband said, well, you should really think about writing a book. And I was like, 400 pages. I can barely get myself through it. Like, I've never, I've never finished a script that I've started. <laughs> like, the best I've done is finish songs, but they're only three minutes long, for, for God's sake. Um, and then, lo and behold, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I had a lot of things to purge on paper about it. And, and I really wanted, I looked for, when I was pregnant with Gray, I, I looked for some sort of, I guess, raw, more vulnerable, loose guide that would help me understand motherhood from kind of a best friend's point of view rather than being a clinical guide because there are a million clinical guides out there and they have their merit too. I just... um I wanted to feel more like I, like I was reading something a little more approachable and conversational, and and I really just didn't find it. And so I thought, well, shit, I'll just go write it myself. And as a fan of puns, Situation Mommy, great title. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> thank you. That and that came so easily too. I was like, oh, maybe this is meant to be. You know, yeah. that's like one of those little signs where you're like, okay, this was way too easy. That came far too easily. I didn't realize my friend Patrick, Patrick, from, you know Limbeck, yeah, that band. My friend Patrick, he has this blog called Getting Rad with Dad. And he came out here for, like, a conference, got mm-hmm. flown out here, like, was sponsored by, like, Swiffer or something. Okay. And spoke at this big thing, and, like, he was, like, talking to the other dad bloggers, and he was like, dude, it's like, they get all this crazy free stuff, and they're doing all this. I mean, I didn't realize there was such a big, I guess because I don't have kids. Yeah, there's a massive, like, massive market I for it. I had no idea. 
It's because no one knows what the fuck they're doing. That's exactly what <laughs> yeah. it is. And that's what, and I, I think that was really the point of my books. She was like, this is none of us know. Like, this is all a work in progress. Yeah. We're all, it's all shared experience. Let's like, you help me, I'll help you. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing either. So let's just, you know, let's none of us pretend like. Yeah. We well, I saw another interview with you where you were talking about how you found a lot of the baby books really like rigid and really clinical mm-hmm. and we're hoping for like an escape from that. And when you said that, I was really like relieved to hear it because when I was doing that, I found like the same exact thing where I'm like, what am I? I'm like, is this like a fucking Chia pet? Like it's literally (laughs) supposed to like do this and this and this like by the day. How's that even like biologically possible (laughs) that these different forms of humans are going to do the same shit? I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no one way to do anything. I mean, there's, you know, especially parenting. And so that's what they make you think, right? Like. Like, yeah, if they're not fitting into this box, then something's right. wrong. Right. Yeah, and I think you know it's funny how often people look at me and they're like, "Oh, you write a wrote a guide to parenting. Oh, what do you what do you know that I don't?" And I'm like, "Nothing. That's the point. It's not a guide, people. This is like a let's have a sense of humor about the challenges and let's yeah. you know let's kind of help each other through them. And and um, I mean, God, who the hell would I be to? tell people how to parent their kids god forbid that's like that's definitely not my lot in life and <laughs> tell people how to parent their children um sometimes i'm not sure i know how to parent my own uh but yeah i, I just think it's i think it's fun to be able to be people's honorary best friend through book pages and i played the best friend for so long th- that's sort of how people automatically see me huh. anyway so to kind of go through the parenting thing together and and you know not everybody has people they feel comfortable discussing things with i'm a i'm an open book like i you know i'm pretty open about everything and and so i i felt like it was important for people to see that that there's somebody out there who's willing to tell them some of that stuff that that other people feel like they should hold hold close to the vest because they're worried that they're going to be judged on it and judge me all you like like Mm. you know we're all going through it do you have any like specific thoughts on and this is actually coming from a a young parent who's confused do you have any um, <laughs> specific thoughts on like the vitamin K injections and vaccinations and stuff like that? Um, you know, my kids are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband, that was, this is my husband and I talked long and hard about it. And, and this is what we are comfortable with. And mm-hmm. I respect that other people have different opinions on it. I'm a big believer that um, if my kids are going to go to a daycare and be around other kids and um, it's not just about like what my kids can get from another child it's about what they can give to another child sure. and 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 um you know to to be fair in the whole scheme of things like talking to our pediatrician and to the to the people that that uh we feel comfortable with and whose whose opinions we value we we just we really felt like it was very very important for our children to be vaccinated sure and that's you know again that's just where i am with it like i'm mm-hmm. you know just like Breastfeeding was super important to me. She says in a room full of men who really want to hear about <laughs> breastfeeding. Um, I know more kids, about breastfeeding. Yeah, right now. Right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, I have hand express colostrum. Nice. I am a dude, all right? There you go. You're not a man till you hand express a breast. There you go. That's what I say. Um, right, Jonah? I guess I'm not a man. I don't even know what that means. Well, I never got bar mitzvahed, so these okay, are our two picadillas. Okay, we're both children. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, just like I said, like I'm comfortable with my children co-sleeping. I'm comfortable yeah. with breastfeeding. I'm, this is like, I'm comfortable having them vaccinated. Like those are just, that. that's what works for us, you know? Right. And I'm like, I, I respect that. 
uh, that's not right for everybody and their way may not be right for me. And I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. You know, and I, but I think that's part of the deal is, is, uh, it's super easy to find people who are very quick to judge Sure. when it's not their way. And I, I'm just, I'm not big on that. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of making immediate judgments about other people or criticizing other people's way of parenting just because it's not mine. Do you think the actual like instinct of the parents themselves is maybe the best director? I'd like to think so. You know, I think we we all possess some sort of instinct within us now. <laughs> Do I think some people's instincts are probably slightly better than others? Sure. <laughs> um, well, but- I think people, some people just don't pay attention to instinct or even common sense with their kids. Well, I hope people are rational about things too. Like even if you're even if your instinct is that your kids shouldn't get vaccinations, I still hope that you're going to go out and and talk to people and do some research on it and and make appropriate decisions based on what is right for your lifestyle, your religion, your you know, your cultural background, your whatever. I it's but I hope people are still rational about it. I, I trust my instincts very much, but I also do my due diligence and make sure. sure that I'm not making decisions that I know nothing about. I'm having a difficult time being rational. Uh, which <laughs> that's because you're it, a parent. None well, of us are rational. <laughs> I mean, the problem I'm having, it's almost like the same thing that's going on with the news. It's the same. Every single controversial decision I need to make with my kid, I'm running into the false and real information <laughs> traps where yeah. you know yeah. if you go to this one place you know vaccines are going to do this then everybody else says they do this and i mean my instinct is like i'll go trust like tens of thousands of medical professionals over like momblog.com mm-hmm. like that's my instinct is mm-hmm. to be like but then i realize like the fucking shit um that a doctor had to go through to get to where they are and the training and the sometimes miseducation and, and the, you know, the hand jobs they have to give to stay in their positions <laughs> and like, and you know, I'm toured and, and that's where I'm trying so hard to make rational decisions by yeah. like gathering information and doing this. And I'm like, I just have to go with instinct here because I can't get well, a look, black like, and white answer. It's like you who know? you're voting for, for president, right? Like no matter what, you hear, and obviously it depends on what news station you're watching, um, because you can hear whatever side, you can hear whatever you want to right. out there. Yeah. But at the end of the day, somewhere your gut instinct says, I'm either okay with this or there's something inside that says I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I mean, that's ultimately what you end up having to go for because you're never going to know all of the facts. You're, so much just, pressure. It is. Well, I mean, you're raising a tiny human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, I think it's like, yeah, I think if you listen to your instinct, it can. It, my experience was that a lot of the advice that we were getting, and you, you know, with the first, I got two kids. So mm. with the first one, that's the one, right? That's the one where you're convinced you're going to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> and that everything, and you're trying to read and you're trying to get, learn as much as you can because you're just, it's fucking, you're just positive that you're going to kill them. And like, <laughs> and like, there like was, I can't keep a plant alive. There was so like, how am I going to keep it alive? There were several. There were several big issues that, like, I literally at one, you know, where where you know we were getting, yeah, we were getting all different kinds, and I was just like, Kath, I'm like, I just think we just need to go with our instinct here. There's got to be like, because, like you said, you can you can find whatever answer you want to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was right. 
I mean, pretty much every time that I said that was correct. That's the you thing. Know? You, you, you absorb as much information as you can, right? You, you consider it all, you weigh it, and then at the end of the day, you still have to make a judgment call. And you hope that you make the right one. And you know what? Sometimes 30 years from now, you discover that you didn't. <laughs> I mean, but, <laughs> but, but that's not for another 30 years. So really, why are we, why are we stressing let about me get, that? Let me throw a hypothetical your Please. way. Your kid comes to you. She yeah. says, Mom, I've been listening to Alex Jones. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the, the planet is flat. Mm-hmm. Are you like, okay, like, I want you to believe what you believe. Or are you sort of like... Uh, like no, I'm not that kind of mom. Okay. No, I'm gonna be like, hell no, it's not flat. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of science to back it up, so let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Uh, and let's call Bill Nye, shall we? <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, there are certain things. Ob- look, obviously, our opinions <clears throat> are going to be passed along to our children to a yeah. certain extent. Sure, uh, they copy my vocabulary on a daily basis, so I'm sure that there are other things that they are figuring out are my opinions to my child during the elections although i said absolutely zip to her had very strong opinions about our current president and so uh you know i hope oh yeah of course yes of course here with my kids um words they've come up with yes my you know my daughter is um she has very strong opinions on who she she felt should have won but um and she's four so I love that about her. Uh, but, you know, I think it's, I don't know. I, I, I try when it comes to creative things, like the clothes they wear to school. Right now they're in daycare, right? So they don't have any kind of public school uniform that they have to, there's no rules that they have to adhere to from a, a wardrobe standpoint. And so I try to let them pick and choose as much as they can. And does that mean they match? No, they never match. Their socks, they sometimes choose two different socks. Sometimes they decide to wear them on their head instead of on their feet. Um, and that's fine. I'm good with that. I'm great. My daughter has to wear, like my four-year-old has to wear a tutu at all times. <laughs> she has to wear pants. She won't wear shorts. There's like very specific things in her head uh, that make up her daily wardrobe. And right now I'm very good with that because I want them to learn to be really strong, independent women. Um, I want them to know that they have choices and it's not just about what I believe for them. It's about what, it, that they're allowed to, you know, have form their own opinions and, and all that good stuff. But then there are also other things where reality takes over. Sure, and I'm sure. like, like you're asking, if they, I mean, clearly I'm not going to let my child think the world is flat. Yeah. No, that's, that's just, good. that's like, I'm an East coast girl. We, we need, this shit is real. We have to, we have to be realistic about things. I'm not very big on flights of fancy about certain things. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you, uh, yeah. do, you uh, do you miss acting as much? Is that something you would you'd want to? I mean, I still do. Yeah. A, a lot of it. It's just, um, but obviously, like I just feel with this gig and with kids, like I'm sure yes. you can't go away for like six months and shoot a movie or something. I could. You could. Uh, it's just that I haven't because yeah. when I was having when I was pregnant with the kids, <laughs> like nobody wants to cast the pregnant girl. Um, and th- at that time, I was also writing my books. And so it was really this beautiful opportunity for me to sort of step back and and uh, be a stay-at-home mom while authoring my authoring my books. And You think and, the time you had during that time was maybe the impetus for, for writing since you... Since yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if I had been trying to travel a lot during that time and, and having to leave my kids with 
you know, my husband or whatever while I was gone, I, I sure wouldn't have the stories that I have. Right. Um, because those pages of that book are filled with anecdotal funny of being, being at home with them. Um, <clears throat> but now, you know, now it's a little easier. They're a little bit older. You know, at, at that time I was, like I said, I was breastfeeding. So it was also hard because I, like, I would obviously have to take them with me. And um, it does get harder with two kids. To We also have four dogs, so we have like a big gaggle at our house, you know, it's a, it's like, it's a circus at all times. And Four so, dogs. yes, we had five. I That's lost my classy. oldest in January. Um, but yeah, so we, we have, um, we have a crew. That's a big posse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, we're just starting to get to a, a place where it's a little easier to travel with them and, and, or without them in some cases. And, and, um, and I did, I guess in a certain sense, put acting on the back burner for a while, just because I felt like it, it, I did have a, a desire to stay at home with them for a little while and, and really sure. just be a very present part of their babyhood, their infancy. And, and, and then when the book stuff came along, it just, it made sense. It was obviously what was supposed to happen for me was to be at home with them and be writing and, and hanging with them. And, and um, yeah, now I'm, now I'm kind of looking toward and the book, obviously, the title of the book lends itself very easily to a sitcom. It really so does. Uh, I yeah. really am, you know, that has always been the intention is that at some point it would it it would sort of take on the uh, gotcha. the sitcom form. And, and so we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Would you prefer to, to get back into TV rather than film? I love both for different reasons, but I'm a, very, I've, I'm a huge lover of television, mostly because it's an opportunity... Uh, or at least in my past experience, it has been an opportunity to be in front of a live audience, which I mm. love. Uh, I just, I eat that up. There's just that immediate gratification of having people laugh. And um, Can you tell tell me, I've never, I've been to like, you know, SNL and those kind of things. Yeah. I've never seen a taping for a TV show. Like how many do they, how many repeated, like, what's it like? Can you just give me... I mean, they, they usually do each scene over and over and over again. They do. Uh, but it kind of depends, because once the cast is established, both shows that I was on, both Blossom and the Parkers, once the show was established and the cast was established with one another, we would block and tape all day the day before the taping. And then we would just come in in the middle of the afternoon and shoot the show in front of the audience, and we would do each scene once mm. oh, just really? to get that, that live audience laughter because uh. you find that <clears throat> it's, we are, everybody is so much funnier when there's an audience there. There's just an energy that you don't, oh, yeah, of course. don't get otherwise, yeah, sure. you know, I mean, you can drink 200 Red Bulls and you still don't have the same level of energy that you have. But if were you you're filming in front of the, the rehearsals before the day before? So yeah, they would, so they would film, we would block and tape and so oh, we would, okay. you know, block the scene and then immediately tape it. We would be in wardrobe, we would be in hair and makeup and all of that and, and, uh, but I, I can guarantee you 99% of the time they actually used was, the take from the audience. Right. And I did, went to a taping of Everybody Loves Raymond <laughs> yeah. when I was in LA and they did each scene so many times. Did they? It was just like over and over, and I, I would like I was like, "You guys got it! I think we got it." <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you're not going to laugh though. That's what I always yeah. no. The, the energy of the audience just falls miserably. Yeah, low if you continue to do the scene over and over. Right, again. right. Really, let's be honest. It's only funny once. Yeah, right. that's uh, it's the same when bands <laughs> when you have to film a video. Yeah. in front of like a live audience or a live audience <laughs> and like 
you're fake playing for like the 15th time. They never even heard you play the song in the first place. And there's just some douchebag on stage going, all right, guys, lots of energy. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And you're like, oh, this sucks. Man. Yeah. Jeez, it's like pulling teeth. <laughs> we always used to say louder, faster, funnier. Yeah. Except you, Jenna, don't be faster. That was, that was like the uh, standard okay. follow up. But. Yeah, I I do love being in front of a live audience though. So as much as I love film because there's an there's the ability to do dramatic stuff, and I don't think people realize that that's where I started was with mm. dramatic stuff as a, a kid. I really do love doing that. I, um, but yeah, there's just something about comedy. Have you ever thought about doing a podcast? It's pretty fun. I've been asked so many times lately Parenting why podcast. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I've been asked huh? so many times lately why I'm not doing that, and I'm like, well, in between the taking care of the two and the four year old and the four dogs and the two books and the book tour and the yeah, all that kind of stuff, maybe I'll maybe I'll find time to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> do you like Do you like doing the book tour stuff? I do. I really yeah. enjoy it. I like just I just like getting out and meeting people. You know, there's there's something much more um, fun about the intimacy of doing a reading for everybody and letting them hear it in my voice. And, uh, yeah, I just like meeting, pe- meeting the peeps. Yeah. I get it. Have you met, um, many sixes out there in the world? Like people, people named actually after named the character? six. Yeah. I figured only, there must've been a rash after that. Only one or two. Huh. And one was really more recent. Uh, my former tutor, uh, who, who was my tutor all during the blossom years, she called me one day and said, you're never going to believe this. I'm working with this girl named Six. And I was, and everybody keeps thinking that, because she spelled it S-I-X-X. So everybody kept thinking that her dad named her after Nikki Six. Right. And come to find out, <laughs> he named her after me. And so her dad flipped out when he found out that my tutor used to be my tutor. And, and so she put him on the phone and... <laughs> it was a very funny That's conversation. Amazing. Nikki Six has also done this podcast. Really? Yes. Nice. With 6AM, his new band. Nice. <laughs> Well, I you can it. you can let him know that she <laughs> was named after me, and not him. That's <laughs> I currently need. You have any uh, girl baby names in your pocket that you never got to use? Because well, yeah, but what happens if I have another kid and <laughs> oh, then I'm giving shit. it away? Yeah, so yeah, no, like, they're they're all like, mine. Honey. Is that like band names, dude? I'm two weeks away. <laughs> this kid, we're You're not two even weeks. Close. Are you really? We're not even close for, for the names. We then? got nothing. Wow. Only thing that's come up that we both like is Veda. Okay. Which is Anna Klumsky from My Girl. So I have two issues with this name. A, it's spelled V-A-D-A, which I think most people would say Vada. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. wouldn't say it right. And then every time I think of this character, I think of dead Macaulay Culkin covered in bees. <laughs> which, that's a problem. Oh my but God. is there any name you don't have some kind of weird thing attached to? Zeke was fine. Yeah. That was great. I named him after a random old Giants tight end from the 80s that me and like 40 other pieces of shit knew. You don't think when she comes out, just like the heavens will open and then shine down on you and say, ah, here is your name that it we could. have bestowed upon her. It could. We did wait with my son. Epiphany. We did wait. His name was Herman in the womb. Okay. Which was a hard sell because my last name's Horowitz. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's quite a mouthful. Herman Horowitz. Well, I'm going to need like a, a new accountant in you know, 30 years. I was thinking more like Lower East Side Shoe Cobbler. <laughs> that was kind of my, my vibe. But, uh, which I thought That's was cool. great. But I did realize at a certain point, I'm like, oh, something that makes me laugh could like totally ruin his life. <laughs> so probably shouldn't. Yeah, do that. I will say that like when I named when we named our first daughter Gray, which is a name that I think is very like 
classic and cool and I don't know, literary to me. It just sounds literary to me. And I, it was, I met this woman. Well, we try not to go there, but um, (laughs) many, many, many years ago, um, I met this woman named Gray and I just, it always stuck with me. I thought it was very, very cool. And the only other people I'd met named Gray were guys. And, um, but then of course, because the universe likes to conspire against me sometimes, Fifty Shades of Grey came out right oh, after I named my oh kid. Goodness. And so everybody was like, oh, you named her after Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> no, you bastards. No, I didn't. But that is actually why we spelled it G-R-A-Y instead of G-R-E-Y, which is what I probably would have spelled it with. Uh, it's sort of even an inappropriate to... question to ask you. Do they know right? what that movie's about? Yeah. Thank you. That's weird. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's it's, weird. You know, that's weird. They, they know what that movie's about. They all yeah. read the book. Everybody read the book, whether they admit it or not. That is what I'm sticking with. <laughs> yeah. Jonah read it twice. I, there you go. I've been in the mom blogging scene a lot of, they get a lot of readers. Ye- I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure more than like the single 30 year old guy, 37. I'll admit I did read it. I, it was like the some of the worst writing I've ever really Oh, bad? my God. Yeah. It was just terrible. It was abysmal, truly. Yeah. It was abysmal, but um, but I, I still like, read it. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, she's got that going for her. <laughs> do you read a lot? As sort of being a writer, do you feel like you try to keep up on stuff? I try, but there were a couple of years in there where there, my kids wouldn't let me get through three pages, much yeah. less a whole book. Uh, but I've, I'm happy to say that I have, in the past couple of months, finished a few books, and I am very excited about that. Do you ever read parenting books? Because I feel like I never really read a lot of other music writing. Sometimes I do, but... I, I try not to. And I know that sounds weird. I've On the one hand, I feel like I should probably have read a lot of parenting books just because that's now part of my business. But I felt like it would sway my writing. Like, somehow I might accidentally steal something from somebody without realizing it because somewhere in the recesses of my brain I'd logged something that I read, you know? And so I really stayed away from all that and and kind of just made sure that it was my own thoughts coming out on the paper. Yeah, or more importantly, you might not write something because... Or, or, or that, even though it's my opinion, yeah. that I might not write it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, how did you... I, I always have so much respect for someone that writes a book because I know how much work it is mm-hmm. and how you have to have a routine. I mean, how did you kind of establish your routine and was that hard kind of with all the kids and mm. stuff to find the yeah. time to sit Very down Very hard. Do it? Exponentially yeah. harder once I had the second child because she's literally Spider-Man in diapers and she's <laughs> everywhere. And so there was no, there was no way to really kid wrangle while simultaneously trying to type on a computer. So I had... I. The kids are in daycare three days a week, and those were my days. And I would go to a local uh, restaurant and sit up at the bar and have a glass of rosé and just write my heart out for as long as I could before it was time to go pick them up again. And um, <laughs> about, I guess, like right after I finished the last word on the book, I, I had about a week before the end of my deadline to turn it into the publishing company, and I was sitting at this sitting up at the bar. Um, (laughs) Shocking to find me at a bar anywhere. Um, And I was proofreading and I constantly save. This is, I think we all know that we're supposed to save our work. Like we've all heard of people dumping their, you you know, and I, my computer apparently was not saving to the hard drive or something. I don't know what happened. It ran out of space to save. But I did not understand. I did not realize this. I am not terribly tech savvy, despite the fact that my husband is very tech savvy. And so I, uh, all of a sudden, everything disappeared off my desktop, and I went to find the program I'd been writing in, and the most recent copy of it was about two and a half months before, and it was four uh, chapters ago. 
That's frustrating. And I'm a week away from my deadline and I panicked. I mean, panicked. And, uh, and called my husband and he was like, well, check the time. What is, what does the time machine icon say? Tell uh, me what time the backup was. And I said, seven Oh five this morning. He goes, you're fine. It's there. We will retrieve it when you get home. Nothing. Wow. No backups. Nothing. It hadn't completed. Shit. We took it over to Mac authority and those guys were like, yeah, sorry, this is not looking good for you. Okay. Um, say the guys whose internet was also down like who their internet was down at mag authority like what is yeah you do not sound like much of an authority really? that's not legit yeah, right that's not legit so we called a friend of mine in, in california who does that for a living who retrieves things and he kind of walked my husband through what he could do and was like you know there, i'm not i really cannot guarantee anything chances are you're not going to get a whole lot back but you might get a little bit back uh and it's really about kind of pulling threads until you can find what you're looking for and my husband spent 48 hours pulling threads and Nothing. showed up with everything oh really he found wow. all of it wow. he recovered all of it what a hero. i might have to talk to him about this because i'm honestly interested to hear how this happened if it wasn't actually on the drive i'd tell yeah. you but i have no idea how the fuck he did it Data i'm retrieval. so clueless about That's it funky. i have no idea all i know is that <laughs> i was like we're going to a really nice dinner let's call the babysitter i wish i had your husband <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once, we're going drinking tonight <laughs> i once lost an entire album of drums because oh, really? uh, a producer didn't back up his files i had to literally re-record a, an entire record oh my god and that was the thing it was he That's was sending insane. it to like data retrieval places who were like yeah it's gonna cost like this much and we may or may not be able to get it right blah, blah, blah. total mess and i get that they can't guarantee anything but it, it was it's really depressing when they look at you with that all-knowing look like oh you deleted it like i'm some yeah. moron who i didn't do anything yeah, literally yeah. i pressed save and the computer just wiped out i mean it just that yeah if, if it helps you at all and i'm, I'm sure your husband <laughs> told you this but non-tech savvy people have a special skill set mm-hmm. that goes it's almost like magic yeah we can they're, delete they're, anything you're able to do stuff in yeah. like one step that literally and i'm not even joking huh. literally De- will take me five or six steps to try right. to, to try to do yes if i'm, if I'm, if I'm intending to do it the yes I'm like, it's over so and over true. again it's so true it's really funny it is so true Jen, i found it interesting like you know, you were saying, and I, I don't think it's something people understand, but the limited amount of time when you're raising two kids. And on top of that, you said that you breastfeeding is very important to you and you also mm-hmm. co-sleep. Yep. And I do the same with my kid and forthcoming kid. And we've realized that by doing things that way, we've actually given ourselves less time and less independence. <laughs> yeah, um, it's true. So... Like, it must be really important to you to do the breastfeeding and the co-sleeping. Like, that's something that is, like, paramount to you. Very. What's co-sleeping? Co-sleeping is, uh, like, my children don't sleep in their own bed. They, they my daughter, my older daughter has her own bed. Um, And then we have a co-sleeper attached to the side of our bed for my younger daughter. Now, ask me if she actually ever ends up there. Does she ever end up there? <laughs> no, she never ends up there. Um, so it's like a side. Both girls kinda? basically yeah. fall asleep okay. in bed with me, and then my husband usually moves the older daughter into her own bed, and I'm still breastfeeding our youngest. And so when she's done breastfeeding, which is I, I think v- very uh, close, um, we're probably right around the corner from that. But 
Uh, because now it's just for comfort. Like it's not, she doesn't need right. it for nutrition. She's just, you know, she's just like, I like this. This is fun. I'm good. I'm great. Um, but yeah, I, you know, they'll, they'll end up sharing a room at that point. They've, they've got, we've got bunk beds and everything and they'll, they'll end up sharing a room together. And, and that's, again, like I said, that's right around the corner. But, but for now we we're we're one big happy family in a bed. Um, and you know, we do it. It's, it's for me, it's, and I talk about this in my books too, but like, it's all about safe co-sleeping. Like I'm very sure. big on making sure it's safe, safety first, obviously. But, but I love the time that that gives me with them. Like there's a, there's a bond that, that I have with them that I feel has developed in part because we've done those things. Now that's not to say that a mom who doesn't do those things doesn't have a, a, a great bond with her kids or a, an equal or better bond with her kids than I do. It's, um, but just for me, I feel like that's been a really cool bonding experience for me with them. And, and it is very important to both of us. And, and thankfully it was as important to my husband that, that we did those things as it was to me. Um, we were definitely on the same page. Now, does that mean that he and I get less, Time together? Yeah, absolutely. It's it is definitely much harder to, right. to have intimate time, and it's more like, hey, can we pencil it in for noon on a Friday? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, like it is, you know, it is tougher. But it's but it's but in a sense, like because we've chosen that together, and we knew that that we knew going in that that was the case. Like we we do whatever we have to do, you know, and that's it's um, we love that time with our kids. We love yeah. it. It's very cool. We do it too. Yeah. And it's, uh, that's the one thing I didn't, you know, we don't let our kid watch TV. We do the co-sleeping and this, and I've realized like, oh shit, there are parents out there who like, you plop in front of the TV here, you get an hour, you throw them in a crib at night, you get all night, you don't have to worry about it. Like, you know, when my kid passes out, we put a camera on Mm -hmm. and we have to even though they're sleeping and you're downstairs relaxing, mm-hmm. there's still this like something can happen really fast. You can't like yeah. totally unplug and relax because sure. you're kind of always on. And I didn't realize that when we were doing it, that we were actually, I mean, I'm happy to do it that way, but it does make more difficult, I guess. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get creative, right? I like understand you, you why know. mainstream parents cheat. I guess. And don't don't get me wrong. Like, you know, my, my, um, the grandmas bought the kids iPads, you know? And so like we brought those on the trip here and, and they sat on the plane and, and both of them got to watch their iPad for a little while on the, on the airplane. Cause it's sometimes you have to do what you have to do to kind of like make sure that your kids are chilled out. (laughs) Um, but we're not, I don't know. It's, you know, we, we do our best to, to, spend as much time with them as we can and get outside. And I think living in Nashville too makes it that in part makes that a little bit easier for us. Sure. You know, we've got, we, we've got a swing set in the front yard and we get to go out and play and run around. And, but then there are also times where I'm like, Oh my God, I have a deadline and I just need you guys here. Watch an episode of Sophia the first, like I'll admit that I do that. I'm not going to not admit that. Cause, yeah, yeah. cause how, how <coughs> like as a, I can't, sometimes I can't make dinner if I don't yeah. give them something to do. And yeah, sometimes that's a game and sometimes, but sometimes it is a TV show. I'm not going to lie because it's survival, baby. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a balance. Yeah. Do you like Nashville? I feel like I've had so I many friends it. move down there, especially from here, like music people and stuff. Yeah. It's a, it's a really beautiful town. I'm very enamored with it. I always have been. I started going back and forth there about 
maybe 15 years ago, something like that. And, uh, and I was writing music at the time and I just found a lot of really cool camaraderie with, with various songwriters back there that I was able to collaborate with. And I just kind of surfed to make me fall in love with the town. And it's just a really neat place. And back then that was when like everything was fried, right? I couldn't even right. get sushi. That wasn't fried. Yeah, yeah. Now, now we have this really case. great progressive restaurant scene that's uh, maybe a little trendier than I want it to be now that, you know, once the show Nashville came out, all of a sudden we became like the uh, uh, bridal party capital of <laughs> the United States. It's terrifying. Like you go to Second Avenue and there's these pedal taverns and all of these girls going, yeah, you know, pedaling around, drinking their beer in the wedding in wedding hats. Me. And oh god, it it's does. It's like the whitest fucking place on earth when you go to that like main street oh my in Nashville, god. like Saturday night. I'm like, yeah. I'm not safe here. I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> but I do, but I love 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 the town. And, yeah. and I mean, it's it's. It's just a very, it's a cool place to raise kids because having grown up on the East Coast in a really small town and then going to LA and, and being in that crazy and narcissistic ridden bubble. Right. It's chock full of Jews, Benny. They're, they're writing all those country songs, just oh, so yeah. you know. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> I didn't what, know that. Be, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the they, ratio of Jewish country songwriters is off the charts. They own a mountain right outside of town. <laughs> they all live inside of it. I had no I idea. I personally know two guys that have moved down there, both Jewish. Like, why don't why don't you do your uh, Jewish accent for us while we're on the mic? Here? Do you, no? do you like, want to whip one out? No, please don't. Please show Jenny your acting abilities. Give us your old. Oh my god! Now I have to hear. Come on. Now, now, now you have a Jewish accent. I don't know what he's talking it's, about. Brad oh has done this by accident a couple times, and Benny is just. Shocked every time. That's He's amazing. Like, oh, hello. I'm Uncle Morty. Let me tell you. <laughs> I live on the Lower East Side, the real fucking Lower East Side. I'm surrounded by the real Lower East Side. Just because you know so one doesn't mean talk you're like, cool, man. If I try to talk like one of my neighbors when I'm making, maybe telling a story. Oh, my God. You don't do this accent with them, oh. do you? Hey, man, if I live in Nashville, I can talk like that too, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna, do you play music? Um, do you get time to to write anymore, perform? Here and there, yeah. yeah I, f- I find that when I'm writing the books, I can't write anything else. Like, it's just, I'm not going to try and write songs in the middle of writing a book because it, it just my brain can't do, mm-hmm. do both simultaneously. Uh, but I do, I definitely still do write music. I don't play anything, which is really pathetic, in my opinion. I wish that I played something, but I wish that I had started playing something when I was a kid so that it came to me a little easier. Yeah. I tried to take guitar lessons as an adult and I just, I'm a shit, shit guitar player. Get a bass. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yeah, less strings. Yeah, well, I don't know if, I don't, I think I'm sort of helpless on, on yeah. that front. Yeah. Yeah. Singing, cool. I mean, but your voice is an instrument. That, so. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. That's totally fair. That's true. But yeah, singing and songwriting obviously are my, those are my go-tos. I think I, I think I've, I have to finally admit to myself that there are some choice things in life that I would love to do that I can't do. Like, I'm never going to play basketball, let's be honest, right? Um, never going to play guitar. It's just, those are just two of the things that I'm never going to be good at. Yeah. Be yeah. a great mom. I try. Some days, <laughs> on Mondays and Fridays, I'm yeah. a great mom. Yeah. <laughs> the, rest of the, on, on the rest of the week, I'm really, I have, that, no. I, I, I do love being a mom so much, and I, I, but I also realize that I'm, I don't have 
I don't have great moments all the time. There right. are there are moments my kids are happy to tell me that I need to chill out. Well, this is a really big podcast for us because this was so interesting. And normally when people start talking about parenting on this podcast, I totally tune out. <laughs> it's usually sleeping. And you're actually still looking at yeah, me. That's, that's very exciting. You're not like snoring saying. over there. Yeah. So awesome. this, thank you so much for coming by. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank, thank you for having yeah. me. Cool. What are you doing after this? <laughs> No, that sounded like a proposition. No, that was really that was like frightening like, for a second. A <laughs> Love it. Um, probably going home and passing. Oh, back to the hotel and passing out in the middle of my two children. All right. Hey. Thank you. Thank you that to Jenna. That was positive. Jen, that was very positive. Thank you to Jenna Vanoy for coming by. Uh, check out her book, Situation Momedy. Um and check out Blossom if you've never seen it. It's a funny show. Did you like it? Did you watch it? Blossom? I did watch it. I mean, I feel like Vanessa forced us to watch it a lot, but I, I think I liked it. I mean, that was also an era where like there wasn't that much whatever whatever came on you just kind of watched. Yeah. <laughs> like there weren't a lot of options. Yeah. There was a dial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you spun it. Yes. And uh, if you want to do your own podcast, you should spin your dial over to Pulse Music. Um, great studio where we've been recording going off track they've treated us really well and it's beautiful and uh, it very gorgeous. professional very professional and we're not helping so for yeah, the love of Christ we're bringing a little here. a dose of unprofessionalness to a very professional place <laughs> I, I recently conducted an interview here with uh, John Taffer uh, for Noisy that should be out by the time you hear this and uh, John Taffer was very impressed with this place right on and now we're sort of best friends um but anyways, uh, <laughs> if you want to support this podcast, uh, you can donate via Venmo. Uh, or Ven Larry. PayPal, PayPal sucks. It's, 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 they just want to rip you off. And <laughs> you, know, you want to do something nice and donate to your favorite podcast, and then they want a piece of it. They haven't done anything. So screw PayPal. Venmo. Don't they own Venmo? Yeah, yes. they do. <laughs> I know they own Venmo, but Venmo doesn't take out fees. <laughs> Yeah. How can we make our own company more accessible still while making money off others? It's like, oh, I know. We can trick these like idiots into being like, no, this one's cool. That's like the thing when I got so mad. Hold, so, oh, well, hold on. I got something to say. But our Venmo is at off track. It will go to Brad. You can also. Uh, it just has my name. As the it just said Brad's name. But the PayPal comes to me. So fuck that. Yeah. PayPal comes to Steven. Definitely don't donate to that. Uh, Dude, I, so like, there's this thing I tweeted about this the other day. There's a vitamin water vending machine on Bedford Avenue where it's like you play like a Simon Says game, and if you win, you get a free vitamin water. And there's always these little kids doing it with like stacks of vitamin water, and it's sort of like <laughs> of I looked it up. It's like vitamin water, okay, owned by Coke, whatever. And then it's also like vitamin water is so bad for you, yeah. Like it's just like sugar and bad shit, and they market it. They're like, oh, it's got like. B6 in it. Yeah, it's good yeah. for you. And it's just like you you have a game and you're selling this to kids and like fuck vitamin water. <laughs> I think it's it's I think it's terrible and I think they shouldn't this be This is our anti ad. Yeah, this is our anti ad. So dude, 50 cents going to fucking kill you. Yeah, dude, bring it on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so vitamin water if you wanted to advertise with us, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. We don't yeah. want your fucking but, money. But real but just real quick, <laughs> if you if you do, it's totally cool. Yeah. Just so, go to PayPal. Just by the way, the <laughs> no, no, no. This is like this is what I'll say. Like, Vitamin Water can't, but Smart Water, same company, totally down with them. Electrolytes are great. Yeah. So uh, Smart Water, get in touch. Vitamin Water, no thanks. Stop trying to sell your sugary crap to kids. We'll be back next week with uh, another podcast, and I'm going to get off my soapbox now. S smoke cigarettes, drink beer. <laughs> <laughs>